You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Strange Familiars. If you've seen something paranormal, if you've had an experience with the supernatural, you can email us, strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com. Well, on tonight's show, we will be talking with Kate, who brings us the return of Flannel Man. I don't like that concept, because it implies more than one visit. She saw him twice. Hmm. Same guy, two different places. Had he changed or did he look the same? Looked exactly the same. Hadn't aged? Hadn't aged a bit. Hadn't put on a little weight or anything? Nope. Had, had he changed his shirt? No. He was wearing the same clothes. Same fellow. Flannel man strikes again. She was not too happy with him. I get that. These were waking encounters, by the way. Both of them. I don't like that either. She was not dreaming. She was not sleeping when it happened. She was upright, walking around during the day both times. So In her own house? Outside of her house both times. Outside of her house. To me, oddly, I feel like that might be scarier. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Because like, like the thing with the bedtime invaders is once you realize what's going on, then I feel like you have some control over it. You can sort of talk yourself down a little bit. Yeah. If you see someone outside, your first inclination, I don't think, is to be like, that's a supernatural entity. Well, that's the thing. And... You don't know what she the level of She was very, very fear. creeped out. Yeah. What, like, especially with her first encounter, not knowing what was going on mm-hmm. with this guy. So, yeah, absolutely. 
Kate also tells us some ghost stories and some stories about shadow people and seeing strange lights in, in the woods, Tennessee. You know, I like the strange light stories. You do. So we'll hear all of that in just a moment. I know I said it was the final warning last time. <laughs> <laughs> Is this like when you count to four for kids with consequences and then you just go three and a half? I've got nothing. There will be consequences. <laughs> and that will be the raising of the Patreon price when I get around to it. It is coming it's, uh, as soon as I well, get Well, if it's up to time. when you get around with it, I'd say people probably have a fairly good window. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I, hopefully I'll do it this week or next week. The prices are going up. Yeah, and it's not to be punitive. It's just that no, like, it's, everything's. It's a, being more expensive. It's and just, the postal service is... Yeah, just everything. Yeah. So uh, jump in now if you want to become a patron. At some point, at some random point, mm-hmm. soon, the price is going up. So now's the time to do it. But like I said, I think as long as you get in at the lower rate now, you can stay at that rate as long as you want. Patreon.com slash Strange Familiars. We put up a new episode this week. Mm-hmm. I think we're in the upper 60s as far as patron episodes now. Getting close to 70, I believe. We do a show every month for our patrons. Full episode of Strange Familiars. It's not bonus footage or excerpts from an interview we didn't play or anything like it's that. It's not a clip show, which is something I've desperately wanted to do, but we have not been allowed to do a clip show yet. It's not about allowing. It's mm-hmm. about it. It's gonna, it takes more time to actually do a clip show than it does. Than to just do a fresh a, show. A, a regular show. But we do full episodes of Strange Familiars, at least one a month for our patrons. We try to do more. And that Patreon subscription helps us so much. It really is what makes Strange Familiars happen mm. at this point. Yep. Patreon.com slash Strange Familiars. Check out all the levels of support there. If you don't like a subscription service like Patreon and you want to make a one-time donation, look for the paypal.me link in the show notes under any episode at strangefamiliars.com. Everyone can help by sharing the show on social media. By liking and subscribing, wherever you're listening, whatever app you use to listen to the podcast, or if you're listening on YouTube, wherever it is, like and subscribe, and leave us those nice five-star reviews, because that helps get new potential listeners to Strange Familiars. So let's go ahead and hear Kate's stories. Tonight we're talking with Kate, who has a few stories to share with us, but two flannel man encounters, which I'm excited to get. So we'll talk about those first, and then we'll uh, go from there and hear some other stories. How are you doing tonight, Kate? I'm doing great, thank you. Very a uh, little excited, a little nervous. This is I've never done anything like this. <laughs> That's okay. You're among friends, and we hear yeah. these stories literally every week. So you're you're at the right place. Oh, thank you. I feel like I am. Good. Well. Flannel Man's kind of, I don't you know, he's everyone's guy. He's not our guy. But uh, since we, you know, we've kind of made him the, I guess the, he's the unofficial mascot of Strange Familiars. Let's start with the Flannel Man stories. If you can, can you just maybe start with the first one? Tell us, you know, about what year it happened and as comfortable as you are, you know, where and when it happened and the circumstances around it. Okay. Well, the first one and... I had no idea what Flannel Man was. I only learned about him just a couple of years ago, I guess. I just thought he was a creepy guy in the woods when it happened. It was I was living in Alexandria, Virginia, which is weird, about 10 miles or so from the Pentagon. And uh, down the street from my apartment is a fairly good-sized park. 
uh, lovely nature walks and there's a big beaver dam and there's a place where you can sit and watch the deer and it's just a beautiful place and I would go down there on occasion and walk around and my favorite time of year is the autumn because I was raised in Southern California so I really enjoy when the leaves start turning so it was it was about probably mid-October. I remember I had on like a heavy sweater and there were a lot of leaves. There were still leaves on the trees and it was a very difficult time in my life. Uh, my relationship was just about to break up. I was trying to decide if if I needed to get out of the situation and I would go down there to think and there are no lights so the park closes at dark. And suddenly I realized it was getting late and I wanted to get out of there before it got too dark because I wouldn't be able to see. So I'm walking along and there are places where there's a little bit of boardwalk or dirt or gravel and I'm walking through and all the noise stopped. No birds, no bugs, nothing. Which is a common thing when something new comes through the woods. So I stopped because I just felt funny and I look over and there's this large tree and there's this guy just standing there he was about 30 feet away he had on jeans a red and black flannel shirt like you know the checkerboard Mm -hmm. dark hair black black hair black full bushy black beard and these piercing piercing dark eyes and he was just standing there and I and I started and I said oh my god you, you startled me and he didn't say anything he didn't move and he the, he was there wasn't a path over there he was just over by this tree and I started getting that prickly feeling I call it the pricklies on the back of my neck and um, which to me immediately sends as danger And so since he didn't answer, he didn't move, I just decided to keep walking as I was feeling the copper taste of the adrenaline in my mouth. And I didn't want to run, uh, so I just sped up my pace and I walked and I got several yards down the path just before I I turned and I kind of looked over my shoulder and he had moved onto the path approximately where I had stopped. Hmm. Now, so this is moving, say, 30 feet in a matter of seconds. Oh. I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear him through the brush. There were leaves. There was there were no leaves crunching, but he was just standing there watching me, and that's when I started running. So I was very nervous. The uh, park office was closed. I just went straight home to my apartment. I kept looking over my shoulder, making sure that he wasn't following me. Like I said, I thought he was just some creepy guy in the woods, and yeah. I wondered, do I need to call the police? But he didn't really do anything to me besides scare the daylights out of me. Yeah. I didn't really go back after that. I thought a couple of times about it, and uh, like I said, it was a very bad, bad time for me. I ended up breaking up with my my fella, and I had a miscarriage during that time, and right... After Christmas, um, 
I was was the victim of a violent crime. I'll just I'll just say that. Oh my goodness. I'm, well, I'm I'm so sorry to hear all of that. That's that's horrible. Thank, thank you. It, it was it was pretty horrible. Yeah. And I had decided it was time to leave there. And in fact, I was sitting on my couch one night. I was looking through different newspapers, things like that. You know, looking for uh, I was going to start looking for another apartment. My Christmas tree was up, and I. Just sitting there looking, or I love my, I love the Christmas tree, and I have icicles on there. And all of a sudden, they, some of them, a patch of them moved as if somebody had walked by in a light breeze, but the heat wasn't on or anything, and the other icicles didn't move. And I, I was never comfortable in that apartment anyway. I, I don't like it. There was a cold spot. Uh, I don't. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, mm-hmm. but that was just the final thing, and I needed to get out of there because that's where the attack happened anyway, and I didn't want to live there anymore. Understandable. And I ended up leaving that apartment. I moved in with a friend of mine for a while, and I basically, I was practically agoraphobic. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't see anyone for a couple of years, and then I finally started branching out again. And that, that original attack was it. The, the original sighting, I, I don't think I told you, was around 1999. It was October of 1999. And so around 2002, I started getting out a little bit more. And then I met my husband in 2003, got married, uh, was uh, still living here in Virginia, and life was great. We got married in 2006. We made a bunch of new friends together. One set of these friends live in Tennessee. They have a beautiful horse farm there. My friend's husband was going to be away for three months, and she was going to be alone on the farm with her young daughter and her mother, who was ill. She was taking care of her. She was an invalid. And so I went out there to stay with her for those three months because she wouldn't even be able to leave the farm unless somebody was there because of her mother. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I love it out there anyway. And that's a weird place, too. Uh, she'll tell you that they have ghosts there. They've seen ghosts there of people that they've known in other places. Wow. And I had a, a sighting of a shadow person one night. And once again, it was, it was early, I would say early October, because I, I got there uh, late August, and it was it was starting to be autumn, and uh, one day she was off running errands, and she had taken her little dog with her, and I was there with her mother, and her daughter was at school, and it was almost time to pick up her daughter from the school bus, and it's about a five minute walk down the driveway, and you need to be there. It's out in you know rural, rural Tennessee, because if there's nobody there to meet the bus, they don't drop the child off. Mm-hmm. And I uh, had left the mother's little cabin. And I was walking down the gravel driveway, and I passed the main house, and the front door is glass. You can see through it, and there's always a light on in the kitchen. And I glanced in, and there was someone standing in the kitchen. And I stopped dead in my tracks because I hadn't heard anyone come up the driveway. You can hear cars. Uh, There were no strange vehicles, not even a bicycle in the driveway. And I just froze. Because he was standing in the kitchen, it was almost as if he was expecting me because he was standing there looking my direction. It was a man, dark hair, bushy dark beard, blue jeans, red and black, 
plaid shirt. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do for a moment. I, I thought, do I need to run back to my, my cabin and get my gun? Uh, but I, I needed to get the school bus, and I didn't want to go in there. And he wasn't moving. And and finally, I just said, it's got to be a ghost. It's got to be one of the ghosts, because I had seen ghosts there before, but not one that looked like him. Mm-hmm. And so I just sped off down the driveway and met the bus. I picked her up, got back, I put her in, I locked her in the cabin with her grandmother. And I did go and get my gun. And I went in and I searched through the house. There was nobody there. And when my friend got home, I asked her, were you expecting anyone? I told her what I had seen. And she said, that sounds like one of the ghosts. Wow. Yeah. So I'm not really sure, honestly, when I made the connection, because it just bothered me. I've seen ghosts before. I have them in the house where I live right now. Uh, I had them in the house that I grew up in. But it kept bothering me, and at some point, it was like a switch flicked in my head. It was the same man from the woods. He looked exactly the same, but he hadn't aged a day, because this happened in 2015, the second sighting. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, you know, if you made that connection and, and when, so... It wasn't immediate, mm-hmm. but it just it was it was nagging at me, and it, and it had scared me, and and that was another thing because I see ghosts all the time. It's not a big deal. The ones in my house don't bother me. It's just you kind of see them walk by out of the corner of your eye, and we have shadow people too, and that's not a big deal. But this, it it was like it kept tickling at my brain, and then suddenly. I realized, and my very first thought was, oh, my God, I thought he was some kind of harbinger of doom. Mm. Because I had seen him the first time, and all those horrible things had happened. Right. And then here he was again. So I was on pins and needles. Yeah, these were things I was going to kind of touch on as, as delicately as possible. So, I, I'm, you know, I'm happy you brought them up. Yeah, I mean, that that would have been my thought, too, I think. Now, I'm hoping you're going to tell me that nothing along those lines happened after seeing him the second time. No. Um, Good. Her mother, I ended up leaving right before Halloween uh, because her husband got home, and her mother ended up passing away in November, but that was kind of expected. She was very ill. Mm-hmm. And uh, nothing really major happened. However, the next year... The following October, my husband did get ill. He was stricken with neuropathy, and uh, we went through about 18 months of hell where he was in pain 24 hours a day mm. until they got him on pain management, and he's, he's doing great now. But it was, I felt uncomfortable for the longest time. And in fact, one of my first nights when I had arrived there uh, for that three-month stay, I woke up in the middle of the night, and there was a, a black, and it's dark out there in the country, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a black form standing next to my bed, and it, blacker than black, a tall man, broad-shouldered, and I screamed. I screamed bloody murder, and the next morning, she said she had even heard me. In the oh, next really? Day. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> wow. 
a lot of freaky things go on out there. I've, I've seen strange lights in their fields. I've heard noises I couldn't explain uh, that were not coyotes or fornicating foxes or mm-hmm. peacocks or any of the other things. I've heard strange howls in the distance. It's a, it's a very strange place out there. <laughs> so how long before... So you made the connection between these two you know, plaid wearing entities possibly being the same guy, or at least looking like the same guy. And how long then before you heard it, you know, talk about flannel man here or wherever you heard it? Oh, let's see. It was probably not too long after that because I got home and I live in a, in, in, uh, in Virginia, Northern Virginia, not too far from Quantico. So the winters, you know, we can get snow. And, and I'm from Southern California, so I don't like the cold. I tend to stay, tend to stay inside. Hmm. I have a little crafting table where I do this or that. And uh, I just started wanting to listen to things instead of trying to watch so I could have my eyes occupied. And the funny thing was, I wanted, for some reason, I got it into my head, I hadn't seen The Legend of Boggy Creek in a while, and I thought, (laughs) I wonder if that's on YouTube. So I started looking for it on YouTube, and I did find it, but I couldn't get it to play. And I saw this funny photo. It was was based on George Washington crossing the Delaware, and it had Sasquatch in there and all these other cryptids. And it was for a show called Expanded Perspectives. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I started listening to them. And I really liked them. And they would talk about other things. So anyway, I really liked that podcast. And I started uh, listening around here and there. I found uh, Soraya's podcast, which Where the Road Go, which I absolutely love. And I just, and I first started just listening for things that sounded interesting, uh, the black-eyed children, Mothman, uh, this, that, or the other. And then I just started listening, and I kept hearing Flannel Man, Flannel Man, Flannel Man. <laughs> and finally, I heard one of the podcasts. I listened to the whole thing, and I forget which one it was. And I went, oh, my God, that had to be what it was. I'd say so. <laughs> <You know? laughs> wow. It was astonishing. So, and and I mean this quite literally when I say this, I can't imagine the fear that you must have felt when you looked up and saw a man, any man, in in your mm-hmm. friend's house when you're walking by, given especially, you know, your history and, and what you'd experienced in the past. Your heart must have gone to your throat at that point. I mean, it did. I, I yeah. couldn't even think clearly. I re- the only, I think... I did have in the back of my mind that I needed to get her off the bus right, and yeah. that I didn't want her coming up here, you know, by herself. Right, right. I, I couldn't afford to lose it, mm-hmm. which and I might have done. Maybe, in that sense, maybe it's good, you know, you had that to focus on, I guess. Like, I often say, like, you know, if my son wasn't there when, when the raccoon came at us, I don't know what I would have done. I just, I knew mm-hmm. I had to get between him and the raccoon. That's all I knew. I might have tried to run. I might have, you know, might have turned out very differently. Exactly. So, so who, you know, maybe. Oh, in, scary it, story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was not my favorite day. But yeah. uh, may, maybe in, in some way, you know, the, the fact that, that you knew you had to pick up your friend's child, maybe that helped keep you focused and 
it gave you that focus where you just needed to be, you know, I need to be brave for her and pick her up and, you know, get her safe and then figure out what's going on. It did because uh, I was standing there. It felt like I was standing there staring at him for the longest time. And I can't tell you how long it was, although I was in time for the school bus. But I knew I was alone. Mm -hmm. There wasn't, you know, the dog. she She had this little dog who was absolutely ferocious. But there was nothing. I mean, I had an, an invalid, invalid elderly woman who couldn't even get out of bed, a small child, and I didn't know when my friend would be home. Right. And, and cell reception out there can sometimes be very iffy. So I had to, you know, snap, get mm-hmm. myself together. And, uh, and it was very strange walking back. We walked very slow because I, I was afraid, and I very carefully walked her by the main house. I put her in the cabin with her grandmother with a snack. I quietly locked the door so she didn't realize, I said, just stay in here with your grandmother for a little while. I'll be back in a few minutes. And I, like I said, I went and I got my gun and I and I searched the house, uh, which I would not have done had she not been there. Mm-hmm. I probably would have just cowered under my bed till my friend came home. Yeah, you, I mean the things you, you. I guess you. We have to do, you know, when for, for others, in a sense, lend us a kind of bravery or or purpose. I don't know, but uh, wow, boy. And then just just finding out that I'm not the only one. It's you know they really. I guess misery really does love company, <laughs> because you start thinking that you are that maybe there is something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I think that I notice these things because I'm open to it. Yeah, it's it, it's quite possible. I, I mean, I often liken it to like drawing or something. I think it's available to everyone, but I think some people just kind of have, you know, some people just can draw, you know I mean? They just, mm-hmm. without much practice, they just can draw. Yeah. And uh, some people need to practice a whole, a whole lot to be able to draw. And I, I think, you know, so I liken it to that. I think sometimes uh, some people just, you know, for whatever reason, they're just tuned in a little easier, you know, than other people. But, um, you know, I usually say I like these flannel man accounts where people are awake, where they're fully awake and they see them because mm-hmm. cause they're weirder. But I don't like the fact that there's that element of fear with yours. I mean, that's, that they, you know, very, very scary kind of uh, both times it seemed like intimidating at the least. Let's put it that way. It is because you're out there and all of a sudden you see this guy just staring at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and we, you know, women, we're, we're taught, uh, at least in my generation, you, know, you have to be polite. You don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. You don't want to offend anyone. But I always tell my friends or, or the, friend, the daughters of friends, you're in an elevator alone. A guy gets in there. You get a creepy feeling. Leave. Yeah, I, I you mean, don't need a reason. They don't all look like Charles Manson. A lot right, of them look like Ted Bundy. You know, right? Yeah, and it's literally something I don't have to worry about as a man. I, mm-hmm. I you know, I realize this. Like, like, you know, my own wife has told me, like, don't necessarily understand what it's like to, mm-hmm. to when you walk to your car in the parking lot to just always kind of have that sort of low level kind of worry there. You know, as, which as a, as a man, you just don't have. You know. Exactly. You, I tell them you have your keys out, have a flashlight, get mm-hmm. pepper spray. Have, if you're working late, have somebody walk out with you. 
Mm-hmm. Look in your back seat. Check around. If there's a van part, you know, there's so many things you have to think about. And like I said, I call that feeling the pricklies. And when I get it, I listen to it. I think that's good advice, whether it's a perfectly normal situation or, you know, something to do with these things that, that we call the other. Either way, pay attention, you know, to that feeling, I, I'd say. It is. And it's so funny because when I'm here at home, I don't get that feeling. I just, I see the figure walk by out of the corner of my eye. And later on, like I'll, I'll think it's my husband and then I hear a noise. And Are you back in the office? And he'll say, yeah, didn't you just walk by? no oh okay it was a ghost (laughs) no big deal but he scared me he there's no other word it was sheer terror like i said i felt the i tasted the adrenaline Mm -hmm. i don't know what he is or his kind is i think they're different guys i guess from description but there's consistencies that they seem to like that outfit Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what he or they represent, but uh, they seem different than a ghost. You know, I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're doing something else, whether they're just observing or whether they're harbingers of something or whatever the case may be. They seem to have a different purpose than these other things, you know, whatever they may be, whatever ghosts are. These guys seem to be somewhat different. Right, because they don't even look like a ghost. They look solid. Mm-hmm. It looked like if I had walked up to touch him i could have he looked like solid flesh and blood yeah yeah and i, I think that's fairly consistent too uh, we may have gotten a, a couple reports of more ephemeral type but for the most part that's what people report it look, just looks yeah. like a guy like a real man standing there you know exactly and the, the weirdest thing was that he moved so quickly and i didn't hear him but i didn't see him yeah yeah that's a really interesting detail very interesting now the, so the first one when you were mm-hmm. running, he, he didn't pursue you that you know of, like you didn't see that him. I know of, no. Yeah. Because I just, I kept going because I was afraid of looking over my shoulder while I was running because I was afraid I'd fall down. Mm-hmm. And I certainly wasn't going to stop. So I just kept, now once I got out to the street where there were cars driving by and so forth, and I could even see my apartment complex, I stopped and I looked over my shoulder because I wanted to make sure he didn't follow me home. Right, right. And I even went in another entrance to the complex because I didn't want to use my usual door because my apartment was right on, in fact, it was a corner unit and it was on the main street. And I didn't want any association with living in the front of the buildings. Yeah, it's probably smart. Yeah, it just, you just, you learn those things. I, when I worked in Washington, D.C., I would take the metro, but I would, uh, quite often, I would vary my path coming home. Mm. I'd, I'd get off at one stop, catch another train, I'd stop and do errands. I'd, I don't like patterns. Mm-hmm. That's just something as a woman you pick up over the years. And uh, I, yeah, I don't know what this guy is, but I hope I never see him again. Because yeah. it was th- those eyes, the eyes. It was, you know, you know. They call, when they say people have black eyes, they're such a dark brown that you can't even see the pupil. Mm-hmm. Even at that distance, I could see that his eyes were just dark and sinister. Is the word that comes to mind? He just looked sinister standing there. Yeah, both accounts are pretty chilling, really. I, you know, mm-hmm. like like I said, I tend to like these ones where people are awake and see him, but. Yeah, they're very, very chilling, both of them. 
So I hope you don't see him again either. <laughs> I do too. I do too because, uh, it, but you know, it's it's very cathartic to talk about it. I've only started talking about it recently. Yes, uh-huh. uh, we we talked a little bit before I hit record, and and you said you had the idea or or, or the fear or or, or whatever of uh, being called a weirdo, or or maybe the experience mm-hmm. of being called a weirdo. It's <laughs> like at some point when you do this for a living, I'm very lucky because I you know I think I used to be a, a lot quieter as well about this stuff, and now it's just I'm pretty fearless because it's just you know I hear it like I said uh, at, literally every week I'm talking to people. I definitely get it. There was a time in my life where I was like, oh, I'm not going to tell that story. I can't imagine telling some of the stories, you know, in public that, that I've told on the podcast. Oh, yeah. I know. I know. In fact, uh, the house that we, we bought this house from a friend of ours, and he was a roommate for a while. And after we moved in, he was down in that little basement apartment where my husband has his man cave now. And when I first realized that there were entities in the house, I told him, I said, the house is haunted. Goes, yeah, right. Uh huh. And he rolled his eyes like, you're crazy. One night, my husband and I had gone out and we came home and he met us at the front door and he had his gun on his belt. And we, what's going on? He said, there was somebody walking around up there. Hmm. He said, I knew you were gone, but I kept hearing it. So I don't know if he's a believer or not now, but his girlfriend had seen, uh, and other people have seen entities here. What do you think of the idea? Let me just, you know, throw this out mm-hmm. there. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to add spookiness to your life or anything, but mm-hmm. the common factor to all these locations, you know, maybe Is it's me- not the locations, maybe it's you, you know? I have thought of that because mm-hmm. there was an entity in the house I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Now, my mother was... Very a very devout Christian. She wasn't a fanatic or anything, but I'd say, Mom, I heard something. Oh, it's the house settling. Mom, I think I saw something. No, you're just imagining it. You must have been dreaming. And my brothers said, oh, you're just making stories up. You're a liar. You're being dramatic. You're mm-hmm. crazy. You're strange. I heard the same things growing up. Anyway, continue. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you just you just get tired of that because you start believing it. And I was always a quiet child, too. I kept to myself, and, and there were other reasons for that. But my And my brothers, I had two older brothers uh, who weren't very nice. Let's just put it like that. Um, they would go in my room and move things around or take things, stand outside my window, tapping at night, mm-hmm. you know, trying to scare me. Mm-hmm. Uh, to this day, I, I always tell people, don't ever play a practical joke on me. Don't ever jump out at me. But there, there was something in the house. I remember one night my mother uh, had made liver and onions, which I, I just can't stand. <laughs> really, I can't stand it. I can't eat it. I can't look at it. I can't smell it. So I went to my room, and I had even taken a can of air freshener. <laughs> and I sprayed it, and I closed the door, and I'm sitting on my bed doing my homework or something like that. And I had set the air freshener can on top of my television, And I was sitting there, I looked up, I was watching TV, and all of a sudden, that air freshener can flew across the room and bounced off a wall. It looked exactly like somebody had just walked up and hit it as hard as they could. Yeah, see, it's interesting. I mean, you're sort of, you know, again, I don't don't know when any of this stuff, you know, but you're describing liminal times, you're describing times Mm -hmm. when, when you were upset. And then these mm-hmm. these things are kind of happening around you. It's it's curious. I mean, it's just, it's interesting. It but when you talk about your experience of like 
seeing things and wanting to tell people and hearing things. I mean, my mom said the exact same thing to me in the farmhouse. It's just the house mm-hmm. settling. It's just, you know, it's, it's nothing. And, and then, uh, same experience with some, some not nice older siblings. And I knew I couldn't mm-hmm. talk about it because they, it was a, you know, a, a very not nice name that people used in the 1970s for anyone who isn't brave or, uh, you know, doesn't toe the line of, mm-hmm. of, uh, manliness say, and I would yes. be called called that very, you know, semi regularly, you know, and to the point where I just shut up and stopped talking about any of this kind of stuff. I, right? They called me freak, but I I gotta I know exactly what they were calling you, and I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's a very very similar experience. But yes. um, you know, you wonder um, what exactly going on. But just to shift gears real quickly, mm-hmm. I'm very interested in the lights you saw when you said you saw lights on your friend's property. I always like to hear the light story, so if we could hear about those. Well, I guess it's, uh, I, I keep hearing people talk about orbs, mm-hmm. and I guess that's what they were, because there was one night I heard those howls I told you about, and you know, the coyotes would come through the farm, I've heard coyotes, I've heard foxes, we get them here, it sounds like somebody's being murdered. Yeah, foxes can sound horrific, yeah. Oh, it's it's awful. This is not what they were. The closest thing I have heard to those sounds was when I listened to the Devil's Creek podcast uh, on OK Talk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but they were very, way in the distance. And my mother is from Tennessee, so I've heard stories of the Tennessee wild man. And I remember thinking, you know, um, because I'm one of those people I want to believe like Mulder in certain things. Uh, there are some things I do believe in. Some things I don't believe in, some things I want to believe in. And I've always kind of liked the idea of Sasquatch, you know, sitting around uh, laughing that they fooled the humans one more time, you know. But I just, uh, I love the idea of them. Uh, But I tell you, after reading Where the Footprints End and listening to those podcasts, uh, especially that uh, Devil's Creek and American Horror Story, Mm -hmm. this thing has teeth. That's all I can say. It just, I just, I think there is something to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's. I firmly landed there. And again, I'm, I'm very, you know, it's hard to pin down on people want me mm-hmm. to define what it is, and I'm not going to do that. You know, and I'll, yeah. I'll stay pretty agnostic. But exactly. yeah, there's, there's something going on. You know, what exactly. it is exactly, I don't know. But I heard those howls in the distance, and I went to the window. And I looked out into the one field. It was very, very dark. And it gets kind of marshy out there. So it's not a place. I, would, I wouldn't have gone out there walking around uh, in the dark anyway, not knowing what those noises were. Plus, I really don't care for bugs. But I saw these lights. And it looked, um, they weren't close. And I suppose I thought, well, maybe they could be flashlights but why would anybody be out walking around on their property? And then the way they were moving, you know, there was no beam. I couldn't tell where they were coming from, mm-hmm. but they just kind of moved around and floated. And they weren't fireflies. They were bigger than fireflies. Right. But it was, it was very strange. There were, I guess, three or four of them. Uh, they weren't together. They were just, and you know what I remember thinking? Tommy Lee Jones and Men in Black, you know, swamp gas, you know, reflect, 
refracting mm-hmm. <laughs> on Venus or whatever. But I also thought of the Will of the Wisp stories. And I thought, oh my God, I wonder if that's what they are. It was mesmerizing to just watch. They weren't fast. It was uh, like they were just floating around. And they weren't, like I said, they weren't close. Mm-hmm. But um, it was just, I, I just thought this is very strange. I don't know what this is. Yeah, I'm guessing it's in an area where people shouldn't have been. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's not. It wasn't like headlamps or anything like that. No, because they have. I think it's about thirty acres, and like I said, it's it's quite. It's a five minute walk down the driveway, and you can hear anybody coming in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I suppose somebody could have come over from neighboring properties, but why? Right. Right. Because, and I say that just to kind of, you know, yeah. lay the groundwork. Because this is what people say. Oh, they were somebody's headlight, headlamps or, uh, yeah. you know, it was fireflies. And unless you see them, I, you know, it's hard to, and they're just not. <laughs> That's all I can tell to people. They're not. Yeah, there's teenagers messing around. No, this is out in the country. Yeah. People who have guns. Right. You don't go out there and mess around. Right. <laughs> you just don't. And it always cracks me up when uh, when people say that. Oh, it's kids out there fooling around trying to scare people. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Did they have any color to them? The lights? Uh, they looked white. Mm-hmm. Not bright, bright white. But I, I've heard you talk about that on other shows. But uh, no, I don't recall really seeing any. They might they might get dimmer or brighter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, passing, you know, through trees and stuff, but I didn't really notice any color. Mm-hmm. It was definitely fascinating, and it was something I hadn't seen before. So I was intrigued by it. Yeah, they're very, very interesting. Yeah, I'd love to know what those are, but I, I did I did think Will-o'-the-Wisp. I wonder if that's a Will-o'-the-Wisp. I mean, it's, I think there's several names for them, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, folklorically, I, you know, and I, I to me... That's as good as any other name for him. What I saw when I was a child that my mom said very casually to me, oh, that's just a will of the wisp, was in a very comforting and calming way almost. Like, like mm-hmm. almost like, don't worry about it. It, it, it. To the point where I thought it was a, a natural phenomenon or something. I, I didn't even question, like, but beyond that, she says, oh, it's just a will of the wisp. Um, exactly. Well, I always called fireflies Tinkerbells. I still do. <laughs> I think of them as fairies. But, you know, what I've seen since, well, I've seen them change a little bit too. But mm-hmm. in any case, I think that's, you know, uh, folklorically speaking, I, I think that's as good a name as, as any for them. But again, I don't I don't know what they are. Maybe they are a natural phenomenon. But if they are, they, they certainly are strange. They, they're very, very odd. Well, yes, because a lot of people are seeing them because, once again, I start hearing about them on the podcasts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and when when people describe them to me and, and they describe the movements and stuff exactly the same way, it's like, well, I, you know, again, I don't know what, what we're seeing, but it sure sounds like we're, we're seeing the same things in, in different places. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Love to know. So you grew up in, in a haunted house. Mm-hmm. Were these uh, scary to you as a child? Uh, I guess the first few times, but it, it seemed to be like one of those figures where you see it out of the corner of your eye and it almost has form. Like To me, it always seemed like he was wearing a white shirt, like a dress shirt. Mm-hmm. And, of course, if you turn your head, he's gone. But I got the impression it was a man, but he never did anything. Mm-hmm. And I just, I got, after a while, I got used to it. And, and you'd hear people who would say, oh, were you just in here? Or my mother would call me, and I'd come from the back of the house, yes, and she'd say, weren't you just in here? I mm-hmm. said, no, I was in, was in my room. And there was one. Uh, my mother was out of town. And I had a boyfriend over, and he was sitting on the couch in the living room, and I was in the kitchen. And he said, he called in, he said, I thought you said no one was here. I said, no, it's, my brothers had already left. They had already moved out. And so at the time, it was just me and my mother. My parents had been divorced since I was 16. I was probably about 18 when this happened. And uh, I said, there's nobody here. He said, somebody was just in the hallway. Uh-huh. I said, oh, that was the ghost. He goes, what? I said, we have a ghost. And he said, that's crazy. I said, I'm telling you, we have a ghost. And he insisted he checked every inch of that house before he left, in closets, the linen closet, under the bed, behind the shower curtain, any place that was big enough to hold a human, he insisted on checking the entire house. And he was a non-believer. Did he see something or did he just hear something in the hallway? He was sitting on the couch and he saw him out of the corner of his eye. Oh, wow. the, prim- the primary spot you would see him was at the beginning of the hallway, which if you were sitting on the couch, it would be to your left. I would like to do a survey of yeah. uh, where in houses people see things as well. Mm-hmm. I think hallways are pretty common. Yes, there was a very interesting incident here in July. Okay, th- this one was very interesting. Now, this one really sounds crazy. It was actually about the same time at night. I- I'm sitting on my bed right now, and like I was that night, I was watching TV, I was reading, and I had the lamp on, 
And I think it was a Friday night because I heard my husband come upstairs. He had been downstairs working in his man cave. And I thought, oh, I have to go feed the flying squirrels because we have flying squirrels out back. And I go out and I feed them several times a night. Oh, that's awesome. So, oh, they're adorable. I just love them. So I go out there and my husband was in the kitchen and I put the nuts on the little tray. And as I turned around, I noticed the light in the bedroom had gone out. It was dark. And I thought, son of a gun, why would he go in there and turn off the TV? I had paused my program. And I got, I went in the kitchen and he was on his way down the stairs and he called out, we blew a breaker. I said, really? And I heard the UPS uh, for the computer beeping in the office. Mm -hmm. Well, that's interesting because our house is wired really weird. Uh, You can't use the toaster and the microwave at the same time. If I'm ironing in the bedroom and he turns on the computer in the office, you know, we blow a breaker. Yeah, I'm laughing because ours is similar. <laughs> exactly. It's 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 just crazy. So I come down the hallway and I step in the bedroom and the TV was on, but the lamp wasn't. So I come over to the nightstand, turn on the lamp, and the light, the light bulb does that really bright white nuclear thing, you know, right before it blows. Mm-hmm. And the breaker blew again. Hmm. So I ran out the hallway because we're older, and I wanted to catch him before he came up the stairs. <laughs> so he wouldn't have to go back down. I said, we blew the breaker again. He goes, what happened? I said, I turned the lamp on, the light bulb blew out. He goes, well, unplug it. I said, I will, but I wanted to stop you. So I turned to come down the hallway, and I saw one of our shadow people step out of the bedroom and disappear into the closet, the linen closet, right across from there. No big deal. I come back to the bedroom, and I, I had flip, flipped on the, the um, hallway light, and I came in here, and I start reaching around for the cord for the lamp to follow it. The lamp was unplugged. Hmm. Yeah, and the thing is, it's a very tight plug. I have it in a power strip. You have to hold the power strip with one hand, grab the plug with the other to pull it out. I didn't accidentally pull it out when I was reaching for the cord. Right. So (laughs) having seen both, you know, ghosts and shadow people. So I've heard descriptions of shadow people as this sort of blacker Mm -hmm. than black thing. Mm -hmm. But I've also said, you know, a lot of people said they don't like them and they get bad feelings from them. Do you get a particular, you know, different feeling from them than than, uh, other things and the ghosts? The ones here in my house and even the entities in my house, no, because they really, in fact, they're helpful. The lamp ended up, it needed to be rewired. So that was helpful. (laughs) Uh, One time I lost a favorite pearl necklace. In fact, it was right before I left to go to Tennessee for that three months. Couldn't find it anywhere. And uh, my husband found it under the dining room table after I left. And when I travel, I put my jewelry in little bags, Mm -hmm. and it was in its little bag. I had already packed it. It's not like it had just fallen off. Right, right. And there was no reason for it to be under the dining room table. Another time, I had lost a very precious earring. It was the last pair my mother had given me before she died. And I couldn't find it anywhere. And then... I opened up one of my sweater boxes and it was tangled in a sweater that I never would have worn it with. Huh. 
So I like to think they do little things for me. I call them house spirits. And like when the, the thing with the lamp, I said, thank you. Thank you very much. The ones in my home don't bother me because they don't do anything. They don't scare me. You just, they don't interact. Mm-hmm. At least until, you know, they're the shadow people are doing something nice. But when I see a ghost, uh, it's just like they're walking by. My, our friend's girlfriend, we were out of town once, and she was up in the kitchen getting a cup of coffee. She saw a figure walk by out of the corner of her eye. And she said to him, I thought you said they were gone. He said, they are. And she said, well, Kate just walked by. And she went in the living room. I wasn't in there. Hmm. And she's a Marine. She's not afraid of anything. (laughs) But no, the ones in my house don't bother me. The shadow figure I saw standing over my bed in Tennessee terrified me. Let me, first of all, is that description accurate? Like, like, I've never seen those, so I don't, you know, I I don't have anything to compare it with. But what other people have described them as. So is that sort of blacker than black description, you know, blacker than the night around it? Is that fairly accurate to what you've seen? Yes, this instance it was because the room was very dark. I was in my my cabin, uh, the guest cabin, and I did have a little light on in the other room outside the door, but the bedroom door was was closed almost completely. There was just enough light. If I had to get up in the middle of the night, I would see where I was going, but the room was very dark, and this was darker. It felt like he was standing there looking down at me as I slept, almost leaning over me. And the shoulders seemed very broad. He seemed very tall. And the feeling, once again, I use the word sinister. Mm-hmm. Because you wake up and and I don't sleep that well in strange places anyway. So I tend to wake up a lot during the night. So I don't think I was in a deep sleep because I was able to roll over immediately and turn the lamp on. And of course, there was nothing there. Which was my next question. I was going to ask if you were in sleep paralysis. So no, you were not. I have had sleep paralysis, but not for many, many years. Yeah, it tends to, uh, from what I read, it tends to kind of go away in your 30s, I think, for the most part. Mm -hmm. That makes sense because uh, I haven't actually I haven't had it I don't think since I lived in my mother's house in yeah. California and I left California in 1993 but I was in my 30s when I left. Mm-hmm. I, I do remember having it when I was a little girl. Um, I was I was born in Jacksonville. My father was in the Navy, so I was born in Florida. I do remember, and it, this had I was very young because we moved to Sanford, Florida, and we left there in 1968. So if you figure my father was there on a three-year tour, we would have left Jacksonville around 1965, so I was very young. And a group of us neighborhood kids were out playing, and there was an abandoned house. And I remember everybody saying it was haunted, and we, we approached it, and we were just about to step up onto the porch when we heard this sound really loud from the house, and of course, a bunch of little kids, we ran off screaming. And I think that may have been where my, my fascination for the paranormal started. I don't know. And it's so funny because it was decades before I said, you idiot, that was probably the older kids in there making noise to scare you. Right, yeah. 
for for years I thought there was a ghost in that house. And uh, one of the first nightmares I can remember, and once again, it's very important that I say uh, this was probably 1965 or so because we were living in that same house. I had a dream about a scary monster, a big, hairy, shaggy monster like a bear uh, chasing me in the driveway. So this, of course, was years before Bigfoot was a thing. I didn't learn about Bigfoot, I guess, until uh, the Patterson-Gimlin film and Boggy Creek, and that's that's something else. Right. I was watching... Uh, I, I told my cousin recently I thought I was watching In Search Of, but I don't think it's what it was. I think it was a commercial for Boggy Creek, and I wanted to see it. And my dad is from Pennsylvania. He's from Aliquippa. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go see it at the drive-in, and he said he wouldn't take me. He said, no, you don't want to mess around with those things. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's an interesting response, yeah. Yeah, and of course, he's gone now, so I can't ask him. But I, my cousin and her husband are kind of paranormal researchers up there in uh, in Pennsylvania, and I told her about that, and she was very intrigued. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting response, for sure. It was, and and I remembered, well, I think I was reading Beyond the Seventh Gate, where you mentioned the word spooks, and you said something about people from Pennsylvania. And I remember when my dad would tuck me in at night, I hated being tucked in. I don't like being constricted. And I'd say, you know, Daddy, please don't do that. Why are you doing that? And he'd say, you don't want the spooks to get you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, it's just... You just, my mother always wondered where I had, where I got my fascination for the paranormal. And I really don't know, but I was always fascinated with it. And I don't know if that happened because of things that I saw and heard. You know, I just, I don't know which came first, the car or the horse. Mm-hmm. I do think I get it from my dad's side of the family. <laughs> <laughs> All I can say is that I'm open to it, and I don't know any other way to describe it. Yeah, well, I think that's that's fine. <laughs> that's that's the the best you can go. Maybe it's the Pennsylvania blood in you it brings the the uh, weirdness. Is it just the feeling that you got strictly from the different shadow people? I'm just curious because you know you mm-hmm. you seem to be very, you know very settled with the ones in your house uh, at, versus mm-hmm. this one in Tennessee. Is it was it merely his proximity to you? I'm saying him. I don't know. It's proximity to you. Or it, was there, is there something more visceral that, that you're picking up, you think? I think it was more visceral. It was, uh, and I definitely had the impression it was a male. Mm-hmm. It just uh, also, in light of what has happened to me in the past, waking up and feeling a male presence leaning over you when there isn't supposed to be one there. Right. Um, but it was very, it, it felt... I hesitate to use the word evil, but it just, it felt it, it visceral. It was visceral, sinister. My, my, my reaction was immediate. Mm-hmm. It just, uh, I, I was terrified. And when I told my friend, in fact, her name is Kate too. I told her about it the next morning. She says, I think I may have heard you, oh. but I, I screamed that loud. So you were in the cabin and she was in the main house. Right. She actually, she was in the one next door with her mother, but that was still 30, 40 feet between the buildings Mm -hmm. and the bedroom. I I was in the bedroom at the far end and she was, you know, so there was, there was distance and walls. 
right. between us, but it is out in the country. It's pretty quiet out there. But I didn't have the windows open because it was it was starting to get cool. But it just, yeah, it, it was definitely a different feeling. Yeah. And there was one morning where I woke I was I think it was just before I woke up one morning, I heard a male voice scream my name really loud. Mm. Kate at the top like it was like screaming at the top of his lungs. And I woke up and I yelled, What? And of course there weren't any men on the farm at that time and I mentioned it to her and she says, Yeah, that happens to me too all the time. Really? So, okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's no way to wake up. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So are, I, I'm assuming you've you've stayed in contact with her? Oh, yes. Is yes. she still We're living in the same, same area? They've been there for quite some time. Still experiencing strange stuff here and there? Uh, we don't really talk about it, but yeah, but she said, yes, we have ghosts here. Mm-hmm. In fact, they do see, they have seen the ghost of a friend of theirs who... Uh, didn't even die there. He died in another location, another state. Isn't that interesting? In fact, mm-hmm. so they're familiar with it. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good word to use. It's 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 familiar out there, and that's the way it, it has become for me too. As I've gotten older, I'm just sort of used to things happening and weird things. Like sometimes I know things. One time when my niece was very small, she was less than a year old, her mother had an opportunity to travel uh, to Europe, and she was gone for a month. And I was helping take care of the baby. And my brother drove a Volkswagen microbus, and he had to go somewhere to pick up my mom. And when he started to leave the house, she screamed and wanted to go with him. And I was getting her dinner ready and getting ready to give her a bath and put her to bed. And I said, I wouldn't let him take her. Because he had, and this was in the 70s, so there were no child seat, you know, seat mm-hmm. laws. He would put her on his leg when he drove. And the way the microbus is, you know, the, the steering wheel was up against her stomach. And for some reason, I just, I, I refused to let him take her. And she was screaming and he didn't want her to cry. So he finally left. He ended up having an accident. He was rear-ended. Mm-hmm. And the car hit him so hard. It pushed him into the car in front of him, and he hit his head on the windshield. Oof. Had she been on his lap. Yeah, that would have been bad. And people say, oh, you're just, you know. I said, no, they, I did not want him to take her. He even tried to take her out of my arms at one point, and I wouldn't let him. I said, just go get mom. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't happen all the time. Just once in a while, or I get a bad feeling. Sometimes nothing comes of it. But I just sometimes I just know things. I don't know any other way to put it. Well, it's, it's like I said before. I think I think sometimes you get those feelings, whether it has to do with things supernatural or, or things mm-hmm. mundane. And I I think it's probably a good idea to pay attention to it. I've learned to. Yeah, yeah. What's the harm in paying attention to it? Because usually it's just going to make you be more careful and take precautions as opposed to just ignoring it. And then who knows? Exactly. I'd rather not find out and. It was like, well, like that first time with, with the first time I saw Flannel Man, all the noise in the woods stopped. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was it was it was just because I was walking through. And then, you know, you'll stop for a moment and it starts back up. Well, it didn't. Yeah, and that's, I got the That's a very interesting detail that, that I 
probably should have highlighted, but yeah, I'm glad you brought it up again. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. And you said, so he was standing not on a path. He was kind of off in the woods a bit. He was off the path. There was brush there, bushes. Uh, There was a lot of leaves and broken branches on the ground. It was not one of the walking paths. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing. I would have heard him to move that fast. He would have had to at least sprint. Yeah. I didn't hear a thing. I just looked over my shoulder to make sure he wasn't following me, and he was standing there. Yeah, that's so creepy. That's so creepy. It was. Actually, a little gross. When I, when I got home to my apartment and locked the door, I had to run I, I had to run to the bathroom. I had the dry heaves hmm. because of the adrenaline. Oh, I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, and that was – I didn't feel – right for hours after that i kept peeking out the windows uh yeah and and you know someone will comment and say well you just saw a guy you just saw a guy in the woods big deal creepy guy in the woods but when you add add everything together it's like well you know yeah it could have been but it seems like there's something more going on there tim it was the same guy It, it was it was the same shirt it was the same beard. Now, I suppose I could have made that detail in my head after, but I don't think I did. Mm-hmm. Because, it, like I said, it was like a switch flicking in my head. Because that, that wasn't an encounter. That first one wasn't an encounter I would dwell on. But every now and then over the years, you think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a pair of flannel pajamas that I've had for years that look just like that. Once in a while I go to put them on, I would think of that or it just it's it's just a common pattern. Right. Or I'd see a guy with a heavy dark beard, just it's just the kind of thing that would pop into your head on occasion, especially with women, because once again you see creepy guys all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes there are those that stand out, even though you don't know why. Right. Right. I don't think I manufactured that detail. It To me, it looked like the same guy. And that was why I thought it was an omen, a very bad omen. Mm-hmm. When you saw him again in, in your friend's house, was the house locked up at that point? Uh, the front door was not. The door was closed. But it was clear glass. And, you could, and the, they always kept the light on in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Even at night, it was kept on because they have um, a lot of people that that come through, guests and so forth, and a lot of times you and so it's just and this is out in the country. Yeah, yeah. Now, when her husband was gone, she would lock the doors. But as far as I know, during the day, um, actually, yes, when I went back, it was unlocked, but that was perfectly normal. Mm-hmm. And when he was looking out, did he move at all, or was he perfectly still? Perfectly still. Yeah, that's creepy. Just like he was in the woods, he did not react to me, because when I saw him, he was already in that stance, Mm. just like he was in the woods. And in the woods, I said, oh, you startled me. And he didn't even seem to react. He didn't smile. He didn't say, I'm sorry. He right. didn't move. It was almost like he was a statue. 
if you're not a creep and you're a real person, <laughs> you at least respond to someone. You say, oh, I'm sorry, or I didn't mean to startle you. You acknowledge yeah. them in some way. If you don't want to talk, maybe you wave, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, God, sorry. You know? Yeah, yeah. You, you, something. You, 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 because we're fellow human beings, you maybe want to put them at ease a little bit. But, yeah, I think, I think there's, there's something else going on there. Exactly. That's just, that's just common courtesy. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you're a fairly decent guy and you realize you've startled a woman or anybody, you know, or anytime you see startle, it just, it, it was just weird. Right. Yeah. And that's why it's stuck in my mind for so long. Yeah. Because it was just one of those weird encounters that didn't add up. And of course I start finding out about flannel man. and was like, Oh, Okay. <laughs> right yeah and when i saw and once again it, out in the country you're not going to walk into somebody's house and just stand there and wait to be seen no no that's a good way to get shot very good way to get shot yeah yeah <laughs> that's why it, it always it always cracks me up when people say that say you know, somebody out there trying to scare you oh, yeah. Around, yeah. a friend yeah. stopped by yeah uh, yeah no Yes, it's somebody in a hairy suit in the woods. Like, you, no, yeah. <laughs> not. I mean, if they are, they're taking their life in their own hands. You know. They are because it's like it's like that uh, that thing he says in that one Mothman documentary, uh, "The Eyes of the Mothman." He says, uh, "He said everybody was out there running around looking for it." You know, they're like, "Can we shoot it?" And if there are more than one, can we shoot two? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense to do that, and who has time to do that? And every now and then you hear about somebody who does, and inevitably they end up getting hurt. There was a guy who was uh, trying to scare people alongside the road a few years back, and he ended up getting hit by a car. Oh my god! Because <laughs> he's in a hairy suit, you know, he's trying to scare passersby. Are you kidding? Yeah, he, he ended up getting hit. So, yeah, it's it's not something that people do and remain healthy. Let's put it that way. Like these idiots walking around in clown suits and and so forth. Although I think that might be a possibility. I, yeah, I but, don't. Uh, I don't know what that might be. One of those things, like like Slenderman, that that maybe started off as a rumor, and then some people mm-hmm. actually did it, and then something else kind of took over and started using that form for whatever reason. I don't know. Right, because you also hear about the mass hysteria, mm-hmm. and the, what they, what is it they call it the Mandela effect. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there are cases like that. There are uh, there are cases. I don't I don't know. People make stories up because they want attention. But why would you do that? Yeah, well, I, I get that a lot too. Well, people just want attention. I'm like, n- not really. Mm-hmm. Not. I mean, v- very not rarely. I, so I've, you know, on all my investigations I've been on, and I don't know how many dozens. Let's say, you know, mm-hmm. in person investigations I, I've been there. One, possibly two, I've had the feeling where where someone was lonely and they wanted someone to come out and be with them, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's just my feeling. I'm not saying that they were lying. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that that's the feeling I got from those people. I don't know. They may, you know, they may or may not have been telling the truth. Everyone else is almost embarrassed to tell their story. They're almost scared to tell it. They're like, I don't want people to think I'm, a, you know, crazy... And this and that. There's just not a lot of reason for people to make it up. There's no money in it. No one's getting rich from this. It's right. I don't. Uh, I don't want to go on TV. 
Mm-hmm. I don't want people to see me. I don't because the same thing you've been through. You you've been through people calling you the names and making fun of you and being ostracized, and it's not fun. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants. Very few people want to bring that on to themselves. And that's not to say sometimes you're lonely. And, and of course, your your I think your brain is going to try to make sense of something mm-hmm. that you don't understand if you see it. Kate, I want to thank you so much for sharing your stories. I hope you, you I hope you never see your flannel man again. Uh, should you happen to, you know where we are. But you uh, will be the first person I call. All right. <laughs> Keep us updated and thank you, you once again. Thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed it. It was it was very cathartic. Ninety days to the perfect puppy is at sithappens.us. You look for the ninety days to the perfect puppy link at the top of the page. There are the folks that can help you with all kinds of puppy issues, whether it's hyperactivity issues, leash training issues, crate training. If your puppy is chewing on furniture or shoes or other things it shouldn't be chewing on, fear and nervousness, barking, potty training, mouthing and biting. Ninety days to the perfect puppy can teach you what to do and also what not to do. Can we have a crossover at some point and we have an episode all about paranormal dogs and then ask Tina if she could help with like a black shook kind of problem? Or a... I actually talked to Tina about doing, oh, really? doing a show about because dogs have like they really had that adverse relationship with Bigfoot and other cryptids. Uh-huh, and stuff. Yeah, I actually yeah, yeah. talked to her about possibly doing, doing I think a show that would make that. a great show. And... Yeah, we're talking about that, actually. So 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy helps you with a relationship based approach. They help you and your puppy become perfect for each other. They have online sources, a secret Facebook group. One-on-one options are available. Again, you can find them at sithappens.us. Let 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy help you understand how your dog thinks and apply proactive training methods to address any problems you may be having. Again, that's sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. We had great success with the tintype last week. I always hope the best for the tintypes. <laughs> I know. I, they're, they're your favorite, right? Well, they, I, my favorites change, but I, I do like certain aspects of tintypes because they, to me, they're like some of the first sort of egalitarian photography and that lots of people could finally afford to have a picture of a loved one. Right. And to me, that makes it, you know, in the same way that daguerreotypes are sort of like one step removed from portrait painting, which or miniatures that only certain people could afford. Tintypes are like the first great era of like, I've got your image with me forever. And the one of, basically one of a con nature to them is cool too. I like that. So this guy, I think I referred to earlier as flannel man adjacent. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't know what material his clothes are made out of. They're not plaid though. No, but he's um, he's posed during the great stick furniture a prop hype of the 1870s, which some people kept longer. I, I'm thinking. I, this I feel like the 1970s had had a lot of stick furniture too. Yeah, like when people would take like basically just cut a tree and then like that would be uh, bend it. Ha- yeah, yeah, and bend bend it for stuff. And remember that trolls, the really cool trolls that people made out of like tree stumps and stuff. You could get them. They were like folk art trolls. 
you could get they made them like in down south and then like just the tree stump um and then with like just toxic toxic resin dumped on top of it as a <laughs> oh you still see that in antique stores yeah can we have a show just on 70s crafts that don't exist anymore like what about what happened to all the candles that people would have that would drip down in huge masses like remember oh, like yeah that was a thing the drippy candle mass yeah wax covered wine bottle was a adjunct uh, yeah and then if you just kept letting it go it would become sort of its own world yeah can we do that? <laughs> sure. And, and we'll get to macrame as well. <laughs> Completely off topic. So this little tintype photo, well, it's no littler than most tintypes. Yeah, it's, it's your, the, kind of the average six-plate size. He is posed in front of a painted backdrop of um, a wrinkled ocean. You can see the little wrinkled part of the backdrop there. And there's a, a lighthouse in the background. So my guess is he was probably at the beach. At the shore. Yeah. He was down the shore. Please, you say it. You have the better no, accent for that. Uh, <laughs> or maybe this is a early still, very, very early still from that movie, The Lighthouse. Yes, it could be. Mm-hmm. So still that the backdrop wrinkled. <laughs> now, it's an excellent photo. If you'd like to see this fellow, you can look in the show notes for this episode at strangefamiliars.com. There should be an image of this. If you click on it, it'll take you to our Etsy shop. And instead of calling him Flannel Man Adjacent, let's just call him Flannel Man Jason. No. (laughs) I think we're going to call this one The Lighthouse and leave it at that. The Lighthouse. Oh, that sounds much better. That's why I don't sell anything. (laughs) You know what you won't find in our Etsy store? (laughs) Um, Fluff. Riff raff. (laughs) This week's artwork for the episode because I sold it minutes after completing it. I thought you were supposed to wait till the episode aired. Patrons get first shot. Oh, that's true. So that's another advantage of being a patron. I show them if I finish the art ahead of time. Now, sometimes I don't finish it mm-hmm. until five minutes before the episode goes. Yeah, then, <laughs> I've but, seen that too. Yeah, then it goes up on Etsy. But if I finish the art early, I show the patrons early and they get first shot at it. And a patron scooped it up. I do believe it was because minutes. it was like a time traveling version of you from 1995 in flannel man garb. As I said <laughs> in, to your Instagram comment, I did notice the similarities as I was drawing it, and I hope no one else would notice. <laughs> I don't know who, you're the only person who was around then, I think, around me then. I mean, not in the world, but in, in, in the strange familiar sphere, I yeah. think. But it wasn't done on purpose. But there's other artwork there. There's copies of all my books there, including my art book, Apparitions. Don't forget about that. <laughs> it's been eclipsed by Where the Footprints End, Volume 2. Yeah, that's the problem with releasing a book a month. <laughs> there was a few months between. <laughs> I'm hoping to get my next one out in 2021. We'll see. We'll see if I can do it. I want to try for a book a year. I'm working hard on it. In any case, check out our Etsy shop. It's shop name Lost Grave, one word. But if you type in Strange Familiars, our stuff should come up. Books, art, t-shirts, all kinds of stuff there. While you're on Etsy... Make sure to check out our friends at Karmic Garden. They have soaps, including a Strange Familiar soap. Bespoke, Strange Familiar scent. They have a Flannel Man scent. I don't know how they know what Flannel Man smells like, but apparently they sniffed him and and made a soap. This seems like a Josh question. (laughs) He did write the book. Yeah, he wrote the book on paranormal smells, right? Yes. Also check out Chad's shop, Ruck Rabbit Outdoors. He's got axes and... He's got an axe to grind. He's got axes to grind. Mm-hmm. He's got wool clothing and all kinds of stuff like that. Flannel gear. 
Yeah, if you're cosplaying as Flannel Man, he probably has the appropriate Woolrich connections. He does have some actual Woolrich stuff there. I think he might have put a, at one point, he might have had a whole Pennsylvania tuxedo up there. I'm not sure. <laughs> He's got all that kind of stuff, so, so you can check his shop out. Just reminding everybody, photos and ephemera, if you have them, particularly older stuff. We don't want any of that newfangled stuff. Like the from the 30s. <laughs> from the 30s, 1920s, and before. We'll definitely take a look at it. We're buying. If anyone could possibly still be alive in the pictures, I'm not interested. Exactly. <laughs> Photos, ephemera, other kinds of stuff. Let and us that know. isn't exclusively true, actually. I yeah. will buy. <laughs> you can contact us. Uh, all of our contact information is at strangefamiliars.com, where you can find us if you're ever looking for us, strangefamiliars.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back soon with another episode of Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. Go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com if you want to hear more. Strange Familiars is on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can join the Strange Familiars Gathering Group, and we are on Instagram, at strangefamiliars.
black which bones are burnt and scarred by flame inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.